Before I begin, if you or someone you know is struggling with suicidal thoughts, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. That's 800-273-8255. They provide service 24 hours a day, seven days a week to anyone in suicidal crisis or emotional distress. Connect with someone. Your life matters. Life challenges or opportunities to learn. Change your perspective and change your life. That's today's focus. Right now with the COVID crisis, emotional health is our number one challenge. Everyone is dealing with loss, whether it's the loss of a loved one, a familiar routine, face-to-face connection, a business, in-person school, school sports, or the loss of a job. We have all felt this. So how do we turn it around? Dr. Kell shares a story about the optimist and the pessimist in today's talk, and it really focuses on changing our perspective. There are so many ways to do this. We can educate ourselves by taking online classes, reading, listening to podcasts, or even just talking to another person can provide you with new information that will help you change your perspective. Start the domino effect moving in a positive direction and let it take you with it because what you think about matters. Watch your thoughts, they become words. Watch your words, they become actions. Watch your actions, they become habit. Watch your habits, they become character. Watch your character, it becomes your destiny. A quote by Lao Tzu. Welcome everyone to Health Talk with Dr. Kell. I'm your host, Nikki Sterner, and today we're going to be discussing general life challenges. And today life is tough. It's been tough with COVID and being in our homes stuck. We can't go out and do the normal things that we like to do. Um, and I wanted to discuss the like some of the chemical, mental, and environmental challenges that we have in our lives, especially right now. So, Dr. Kell, can you discuss some of that with me, with us? Yes, and I think, Nikki, when I consider all those uh, things you just mentioned, uh, emotional is probably number one, especially with with COVID and, and everyone being stuck inside and forced to wear masks and, and uh, reduce their uh, interaction with other people. Uh, everyone's dealing with a bit of uh, loss. I, I call it loss because we're all uh, losing those relationships that we had. Uh, you know, we can still Zoom and talk on the phone and, and, and do mm-hmm. those kinds of things. But uh, I think the biggest crowd that suffer, suffered the most are the children, oh, yeah. the teenage, especially teenage years. Uh, yeah. You know, that social interaction is so important. It's important to all of us, but I think m- more so when you're a uh, high school, college age. Well, you have a son in high school. How's he doing? I do. He's become a hermit. Yeah. Uh, he, he pretty much uh, spends his day uh, uh, on school, online, and uh, mm-hmm. playing video games when he's not doing his work. Uh, uh, yeah. So it's not easy. Not easy at all. And I, I think he's communicating with his friends, you know, via, mm-hmm. you know. Phone calls and and I don't know how much zooming they're doing, but they play video games together online, so maybe that's part of their way around it. But uh, for the rest of us and for the audiences, for the people that are probably listening the most, I think uh, adult age people who who just are stuck at home. When you consider <clears throat> what emotions does, when you what happens when you get depressed, Nikki? What do you do when you get depressed, Nikki? You don't. Uh, what, oh, I have been <clears throat> depressed before, actually. Yeah, and how have you dealt with COVID? Is it, what's it been like for you? Well, I, I don't necessarily know that I've been depressed during COVID because um, I am kind of a homebody, but I have been in the past. Um, and I felt like I didn't want to talk to people. I didn't. I was angry in my mind and I didn't want to put that on other people. So I would just turn inward and 
kind of wallow in my own feelings and not really be able to communicate with people about how I was feeling. I just kind of kept it all inside. Yeah, and I think that's so common. <clears throat> they, uh, I think one of the big problems, too, is something I'll call, I call failure factor. Um, I think what boosts in this kind of environment is people feeling like they're a failure. Mm. Um, it, yeah. and, and whenever things don't go right, because other things aren't going, you know, I mean, I, I had habits, things I would, I would do each day before I go to work, you know, um, that have changed. Um, uh, stores that are used to be opened or closed or everything's not available. It used to be. Um, so, you know, your, your routine is messed up. Sometimes that can feel like a bit of a failure, like, oh, I can't do what I want to do. And now I'm forced to change that and go do something different. And, and so what happens when other things go wrong, it, it multiplies um, and causes more emotional stress that uh, you have to deal with on a daily basis. And more and more people are becoming more depressed. Suicide rates are at an all-time high among, mm-hmm. I think, all, almost all age groups, um, Mm-hmm. The they elderly aren't just dying of COVID. Some of them are committing suicide, too. Um, mm-hmm. You know, can't see their families. Families can't visit. Fortunately, we we appear at the moment to be on the on the downside of COVID as, as the vac- vaccinations are getting done. Uh, people are feeling safer. Um, mm-hmm. Some states are, are doing away with the mask mandates. Um, so things seem to be improving. Um yeah. And so that's good on that side of things. Uh, I'd like to tell a little story, though, about okay. uh, that was told to me when I was a child uh, that I always thought was funny. And, and some, some of our listeners may have heard it, but uh, I know when, I, when we were talking the, earlier this morning that you guys hadn't heard the story. So maybe maybe it it's time to bring it back. That's anyway, good. I was I, I, uh, I remember my mother telling me the story when I was a child and I'm not going to tell you who I was in the story, but uh, <laughs> the story is about parents with two two young sons. Uh, could be girls. Uh, we 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 don't want to we don't want to limit limit the sex today, right? We got to be open to everybody. That's so right. Uh, that's right. Anyway, um, they uh, it's referred to as a story about the optimist and the pessimist. Okay, and one of the boys was optimistic about everything. No matter what happened in his life, he could sit in a storm and be smiling because he thought there was a purpose for it. You know, God had some plan for him or, or, or there was at least a plan. You know, it didn't matter what was going on. He was smiling like, hey, life is great. I, I, I know there's a reason for this. And so therefore, nothing really matters as to what happens to me. And, and he had a brother who it didn't matter how good life was. He was miserable. He, he always thought there was something going wrong, something happening that just wasn't right about the situation. And, and so they took their sons to the psychologist and, and, this, you know, they're like, what can we do for these guys? The one is over optimistic and we want him to be more realistic and understand that, you know, not everything is, is, is you shouldn't necessarily, it's not healthy to be happy about everything either, is it? And the other kid it can't be happy no matter what. What do we do? Here, here, here's what the psychologist told the parents to do. Go buy a truck of horse manure, dump it into the one child's room. And the, the one who's happy about everything, dump it into his room. And then the other one, we want you to go 
get a mountain of toys and put it into the pessimist room, the, the child that's always negative about everything. And we want you to just go put them in their rooms, leave them in there for a few hours and come back later and see how it goes. We, we think that that will help the uh, one child who thinks everything is wonderful finally figure out that you know, sitting in a room with a pile of horse manure can't be anything good about that. And the other one, I mean, what kid wouldn't be happy with a big pile of toys he could play with for hours? So put them in the room, come back a few hours later. First, they go into the uh, to the one child's room, the pessimist room, and, the, and he's sitting on the floor, hasn't touched the toys. He's crying. He's been there for hours, sobbing. And he just, <clears throat> they're like, what's going on here? What is wrong? And he, he responds with, I'm afraid to play with the toys because I don't want to break any of them. And and so they're like, what do we do now with this kid? Um, okay, let's go check on the optimist. Surely he's been helped by the horse manure. So they walk in, they fling open the door, and there is horse manure everywhere, <laughs> on the walls, <laughs> everywhere. And they, they're not sure where the kid is at first. And then they all of a sudden see stuff flinging out of the center of the pile. And they're like, whoa, stop. What's going on? What's going on? And the kid pokes his head up out of the, out of the hole that he's just dug in, in the pile. And they're like, what are you doing? And he says, mom, dad, you can't fool me. I know there's a pony under here somewhere. <laughs> so I always like that story. Um, and most of us are somewhere in between, right? Really, we should be like that kid, right? I mean, <laughs> but most of us, unfortunately, are like the other one. And especially when life constantly pounds on us and things don't go quite right all the time, we tend to slowly darken our perception on things and we get to where we're frozen. We don't know what to do because we're afraid that the next thing that we do isn't going to work either. It's true. Yeah. I mean, my son, I can tell sometimes he gets like frozen or irritable because he doesn't want to mess up. He's like afraid to fail. He's afraid to do something wrong. He feels like he has to be perfect. And I think people get in that also where they just feel like, I don't want to mess up. I don't want to look bad. It's embarrassing. I just, I won't do anything. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think it's happening more today than any other time. They, uh, uh, and, and I think that's, I, I heard it once said that uh, people who commit suicide blame themselves for everything. And people who hurt other people or or like some of the mass shootings, things like that have occurred, they blame everyone else for their problems. Mm. And I think it's I think it makes sense, um, especially for the per person who's heavily depressed. You do get to a point to where you don't think you can do anything right. Mm. Recently, I had a patient. Um, who uh, I had a discussion with who was suicidal. And uh, um, she said to me, I just want to die. I just don't want to be here anymore. I just, and, and she's in that state where life just is so, it's like one thing after another doesn't seem to go right for her. Hmm. And I looked at her and I said, you know, we all get to a point of depression at times when a multitude of things occur that make us feel like nothing can go right, nothing is going right. Um, and I've had those same, I'll admit, I've had those same thoughts at times. Um, 
But the thoughts always come back to me. I don't want to die. I just want my life to change. I just want my life to improve. I just want to have some successes and, and not constantly be bombarded with failures. Um, unfortunately, our society teaches us that we are, <laughs> we are, are either a success or a failure. Mm. Not much in between. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you can't be one or the other, can you? Mm -hmm. Don't you think so? Yeah, that in between where you're learning and yeah, trying. Yeah, and, and this goes back to what I've said in previous podcasts where I've talked about how we're so uptight about um, being competitive. Um, and it, the competitive nature should be come back to self-improvement, not who's better than another. And we're always comparing ourselves to others, but and sometimes... We, when we get deep into that mode, like the pessimist perspective, um, we can do, do that with ourselves. We, we don't always necessarily compare ourselves with others, but we're like, I can't do any. You usually get in that cycle. I can't do anything right. Have you ever got into that cycle where you felt like you couldn't do anything right? Sure. Um, I think we all have. Um, the simple fact is it's not true. It's it's false. It's, it's like the kid sitting in front of the toys. I'm afraid to play with the toys because I'm afraid to break them. Well, I guarantee you the optimist, optimist would get in there and he would play with every toy. And and if they broke, he would laugh and just keep going and say, hey, I got a thousand more. What does it matter? Um, right. What's one more broken toy? You know, I got more of them. Um, and he'd probably get to the last one and maybe he'd broken them all and, and go, that's okay. They were fun to play with. Let's just move on. Um, yeah. You know, it's okay. Yeah. Uh, wow. Um, give them to somebody else or, or I can fix them, you know. You know, there's there's a thousand different things you can say to yourself when things don't go right. The last thing it should should be is I can't do it. I can't do anything. I can't. I, it, it should always be the opposite. And how do you turn that around? Yeah. How do you shift? You listen to your voice inside your head, and and you, okay, um, consider this. When I was, I've had seven children. And uh, when my first ones were small, um, being an ignorant parent, like most of us are, when we first start teaching our children and, and uh, you know, nothing comes with a manual these days, um, there, were a lot, there are lots of good books out there. And unfortunately, you hear different opinions. Uh, you know, one says do it one way, one says do it another. Uh, when I was raised, my parents <clears throat> were, I wouldn't say were heavy disciplinarians, Um but their parents were extremely heavy. And then with me, I think I started out being a bit of a disciplinarian with some of my kids, uh, the younger ones. And then as time went on, or began to recognize this doesn't work. Um, all they do is get angry and, and rebel or, 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 or uh, resist. Um, but what I did find, you know, I did, you know, everything from the spanking to the timeout. Um, but for me, what I found out worked the best and what I do with my grandchildren today is I just change their perspective. And how do I change their perspective? Um, wasn't all that long ago, and I can't remember now specifically what it was going on, but one of them was screaming, crying about something. And uh, um, and I think we were in the kitchen, and I, I picked him up, took him to the family room, and set a toy down in front of him. And, and we're talking about a kid that's a year and a half old. Um, mm -hmm. uh, one, you definitely can't reason with at that age, right? And I could have, you know, his parent, his, my son could have grabbed him and Stop! Stop crying and gave him a little whack or whatever. But of course, that didn't happen, um, and there was no timeout 
either. I just took him in, set another toy in front of him, and within seconds, he was playing with the toy and totally forgot about what he was crying and screaming about. <laughs> and I think us as adults are the same. Our, we're more complicated. We got more stuff on our heads. But if we're depressed, we need to change our perspective. Go do something else. Go do something different. A lot of people go exercise. Get out there and run. Ride your bicycle. Do whatever. Um, mm -hmm. Change your perspective. Pick up a pick up a book. Go online to something positive. Um, call a friend. I mean, there's a multitude of things you can do if you're depressed. The last thing you want to do is just sit there and think about it. Um, change your perspective. That's, That's what I find is the most beneficial to me is to change my perspective as quickly as I can once I recognize I'm I'm in that cycle. Yeah, there's a lot of different ways to do that. I mean, like this morning, I, I was kind of just in that in between, you know, my I hadn't chosen what type of day I was going to have. I was like, okay, well, let me just look up Browse Podcast to see what can inspire me today instead of being, you know, pulled down in any way. I just wanted to be uplifted. And so I chose something that was, you know, exciting to listen to and... I don't regret that at all. And and sometimes it'll be a book that I'll, I'll read, you know, just to try to feel like I'm a part of something or um, just share in life experiences with somebody else. But I think it's that community of people, listeners, readers, we're just looking to be a part of something, yes. you know? Yes. And you, and going to, for instance, if, if you know that you can do something, let's say you're, you're you feel good after you clean up. I mean, most people feel good after they clean up. If you look yeah. around your room or your house and it's a mess mm -hmm. and you're depressed, clean it up. Yeah. Pick it up. Afterwards, you feel good. Um, and like most things in life, you have a success and often it's seconds, minutes, maybe hours of of uh, everything's wonderful. But ultimately, there's, there's something's going to come up that takes you back down or makes you feel like, you know, or some thought, some memory but again, it, to, me, to me, life is a constant cycle of battles, and most of those battles take place in our mind, um, and, and it's perpetuated. Uh, the other two things we haven't really touched on yet are uh, nutritional and physical aspects of challenge that we deal with, but I, I think I'd like to end the emotional side of it there, just saying change your perspective. That, that's the most important thing you could do. If, you, if, if you're in a state of negativity or anger or frustration, don't go watch a movie that's going to give you more anger, frustration, and irritation. It may be a pair, a, it, it may provide you with a distraction, but it's not going to lift you up. It's just going to drag you down more. So... I, I try to, even though I enjoy those kinds of movies, I definitely try to avoid them if I'm in a state of depression. Um, yeah. and, and sometimes I find I can watch one of those movies, and, and though it's it's fun to see how, how, how many other problems people are having and how much misery others can go through, um, but it doesn't, it doesn't help you in the long run. Yeah, I agree. Sometimes it's just that shift in perspective, and sometimes it's stopping and thinking, you know, what am I supposed to learn? through this challenge because everybody has challenges and a lot of them right now with COVID and everything we're going through. So I think just thinking, well, what is this presenting me with? What am I supposed to learn from this? And that's really what pulled me out of like the depression and the funk, you know, why, why does this keep happening to me? You know, the roller coaster, the, the circle that you just keep on. Um, and that's the way you step off as you just look at it from a different perspective and go, Oh, okay. Okay, I'm going to get off because I'm going to learn and I'm going to move on and, and grow from this. So, it just reminds me of I always like 
when I was a little kid, the merry-go-round, yeah. you know, with the horses on it and riding on that. And, and sometimes you feel like you just can't get off, mm-hmm. but you've got to mentally get off. And the easiest way to get off is change your perspective. Yeah. And talk to someone. Yeah. Talking to someone is, is, is always a huge help, especially if there's someone who's going to help you, who's going to help you get off. You don't want to call somebody who's just going to help you wallow in your misery. You may feel good, like they always say, misery loves company. But the point is to get out of the misery. You don't want to have more miserable company. You want someone who's going to say, hey, you, you want to call the, if you're the pessimist, call the optimist. Yeah. Yes. All right. So moving on, what chemical challenges have you seen well, in the world? When, when you say chemical, I think of everything in our environment, uh, food, water, uh, the air. Um, let's take water, okay. for instance. Um, uh, there's a big problem with our water. Um, we all know that the water out of the tap in most locations has lots of, uh, even, even though they're able to kill the bacteria and keep the bugs out of the water mostly, um, the, uh, there's still lots of uh, uh, different m- metals, minerals that are harmful to us in high concentrations that don't always get cleared out. So so we've gone to this idea, okay, we need water filters. All our water has to be filtered. Well, there's a problem that comes with filtered water too, which people don't realize, and that is all the minerals have been removed. Mm. All the good minerals are gone. And so if you drink distilled water, they're totally void of it. If you drink regular water that, oh, it's just been filtered, some of this stuff is in there, but not enough. It's still pretty much empty. Um, the uh, uh, so uh, all the all the anything you buy as a drink mm-hmm. um, is used. They use distilled water. Uh, all sodas use distilled water. Uh, most of the, most of the juices, you know, even the ones that, oh, I got the healthy juice today. Uh, if they add water to it, it's distilled water. They they mm. keep everything out of it. They filter it completely. And so what happens there? We we become a society of minerally minerally deficient people, and minerals are, are key parts to our health. Um, I think if there's anything, anything one of the one of the many things that we're uh, depleted in today is our mineral content in our body. Uh, they talk about yeah, okay, do people get metal toxicity and there are ways to remove heavy metals? Yeah, well. That, that's another side of the coin as well. So it does exist, but usually that's not occurring because of the kinds of things we're drinking. The, those heavy metal issues are most often occur because of what we experience in the air or in our food. So how do you fix that with the distilled water? Because everybody does have to filter their water to get the metals out. Take minerals. You need to supplement your minerals. Oh, just like a pill supplement? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the best way today. Um, uh, you can get yourself evaluated, figure out if you're, I mean, often many people today are deficient in zinc, iodine, uh, magnesium, potassium, uh, calcium. Uh, those are the basics. Uh, none of us tend to re- be very, uh, low in salt. Um, that, that always seems to, you know, they're always saying use less salt, but, uh, we can get to a point of not having enough of that either. Needs to be a balance, and the ba- the body is designed to balance itself. So you put it in there; it uses what it needs, and 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 most of the time expels it. Although there are some metals that get stored in the body that can damage it. So, do you take something, or do you put minerals? Yeah, I take supplements. And are there foods that you can get your minerals in? Oh yeah, there's many foods that have minerals in them. The problem with um, you know, eggs are high 
and zinc. Um, they, uh, there, there's many, I mean, we could have podcasts just on what foods are, you know, yeah. <clears throat> contain what minerals and, and, and we can do that in the future. Um, yeah. but, uh, um, there are lots of different foods that you can eat. And I mean, it always goes back to eat your vegetables, eat your fruits, um, eat your mm-hmm. good proteins and, 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 uh, uh, good carbohydrates. Um, they, uh, uh, but yeah. Is there a water out there that has like the minerals in it? Well, you've got the electrolyte drinks. Uh, most of oh, them, okay. most of most of the ones created today, and and I, I hope to create our own someday. Yeah. Um, that actually is designed properly, but most of them uh, either have sugar in them, mm-hmm. um, or or they put um, artificial sweeteners in them. Oh. Uh, so people will drink them, and and neither side of that coin is a is a good one. So we're we're uh, you know trying to create a recipe that that is. Uh, there are there are natural sweeteners out there that are not bad for the body, but very few. Yeah, no, I my stomach hurts if I eat, drink like sugar alcohols or eat anything with that stuff. So I I understand what you're saying. Okay, let's talk about the environmental challenges. Um, like you're talking about air. Um, what, what? Well, the air air air's not one we can do a whole lot about, right? Except especially if we live in an environment where there's lots of pollution. Um, yeah, they. Uh, um, you can have <clears throat> air filters in your house. I mean, I, I always recommend that to people. <clears throat> um, you need to be aware of the environment you live in. Um, How are people polluting the air? Because, like, I know, like, in my neighborhood, when I open up my windows to air out the kitchen when I'm cooking, I will get smoke in from a neighbor who is burning wood or something like that. And it, it's so annoying to me. I'm like, you're polluting the air. Stop. But I don't know, like, what other ways are people... Obviously, their car exhaust. Everybody drives a car. Um, what other things are people polluting the air with that we can change? Well, it's not always just the people polluting the air. Um, people get mold in their homes. That pollutes their environment in their house. Yeah. Uh, and that's a big one today. Um, if you're concerned about that, get your house checked. Um, get it tested. There's, I think there are even uh, inexpensive test kits you can order online uh, for checking mold levels in your house. Um, that's a big one today. Yeah. Uh, if you're exposed to mold, that can all, cause all kinds of physical problems and allergies. We went through that. Yeah, you've been through that. Yeah, when we lived yeah. in Atlanta. It was really, yeah. really traumatic. Um, yeah, we lived in a, in a house that had a crawl space and the HVAC unit was down in the crawl space. And there was an unattached duct and nobody would have found it, but I had three different companies come out and tell us how to fix the crawl space because I just knew that there was something to do with that and why it was making us sick in our home. I didn't know, but one of the companies crawled up in this tiny little, you know, one, two foot area and saw that this thing was unattached. So we'd been breathing in this crawl space air. It'd been blowing all throughout our home and that's why we were getting sick from it. But um, yeah, a lot of people don't realize, you know, there can be mold growing on your HVAC unit. And so every time you turn it on, yep. it's just it's putting it throughout the house, putting it everywhere. Um, yeah. And <clears throat> that's why having, having an air filter in your, in your house, um, you know, you can buy them now where they sit on the ground, you turn them on. Uh, if you're concerned, which everyone is today with COVID, um, viral things or bacterial things, having a deionizer in the house and, you know, a, a, a uh, a, a filter there to filter your air uh, works as well, too. The ultraviolet type yeah. uh, mm-hmm. is becoming more common and more popular uh, because of those things. 
Um, the other thing, uh, maybe a little less common, um, but I lived in the Midwest, lived in Missouri and Kansas for a while, and out there, radon is a big issue. Um, oh, yeah. They, uh, you're always having to test for radon, and, and what that is is, is uh, radioactive material in the ground. Um, and there's small amounts of it everywhere, but more uh, concentrated in given areas like the Midwest. Um, it was pretty heavily uh, concentrated. I lived in a, uh, at, when I was in uh, school uh, for a time, lived in a, uh, an apartment that was half of the apartment was like a, uh, I call it a garden level apartment where uh, some of your windows are just, just above the ground, uh, but the rest of the apartment is, is under the ground. And uh, hmm. um, it was a very common thing uh, for people to put radar radon detectors in in those apartments to make sure the radon levels weren't too high, uh, because radioactive exposure um, is very dangerous as well, and obviously a silent killer. Uh, yeah. So another thing. By the way, Nikki too. Uh, <laughs> there are radon detectors. You can get them online. Uh, many places, and if you're really concerned about that, just home test kits, and mm. and uh, so. Yeah, when we lived in Atlanta, we had to test when they would do the home inspection. That was one of the tests that you had to have done. So before yeah. you bought the house. Yeah, before yeah. you bought it. Yep. Yeah, they had to pass. Yeah. So, but you, you're saying you can get them on Amazon or other places. Yeah. 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 That's they're great. out. They're out there. They're available. So, like most of these things, uh, if you're concerned, you can go get tested. Uh, you know, a lot of people. We didn't really mention with related to uh, um, things like depression that we talked about to begin with, um, it, the uh, uh, physical and nutritional side of things can deeply affect your emotional state. Um, and we just now talking about some of these things, These you're exposed to these kinds of things that can increase your depression. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Just the fact that you know you've been exposed can cause you to be more depressed. Um, they, uh, so... You need to consider all these things. It, it's important to improve your nutrition. It's important to improve your uh, environment, the, the, the water you take in, the, the, all that to help your brain function better and to help you not be depressed. Exercise is a big one. We talked about that in some of the different podcasts so far about how just get up and do something. Get up and move. Mm-hmm. Um, that alone will be a distraction and a help to improve your mental state. So you're saying eating healthy. What about um, the chemicals in foods that a lot of people are ingesting? I mean, I do too sometimes. That's why I always tell people to buy organic if they can. Um, Natural uh, and organic, uh, um, they are slightly different. I think maybe we've talked about the difference between the two in the past. Um, They... uh, uh, I took a class having a a degree in aerospace science. I, I went to uh, college in central Washington, which is a, a lot of crop dusting goes on over there. In fact, I took a crop dusting course and uh, um, interesting class, probably kind of funny. This, the, the, the guy who taught the class was a retired crop duster and uh, had plenty of funny stories about what, like, what the chemicals had done to to him. Uh, oh, and so crop others. dusting is like dumping chemicals on the crops? Crops, yeah, to keep, okay. keep the insects from... from uh, Eating the crops, um, and things have changed. Things have improved. Obviously, uh, they're discovering be- more and better ways, uh, natural ways to, uh, and that's one of the things we're working on too: uh, natural home and garden uh, type products that that keep you from having to put pesticides on stuff too. Yeah, uh, you can use natural methods to uh, keep the pests off and and keep keep things healthy. 
so that we need it, it it's healthy for you. Um, you know, the GMO, the genetically altered foods are a big one too. I, I, I do recall a study that I, I listened to. I think it was on actually on special on Netflix at one time, though I don't think it's on there anymore. Uh, of course, they did the study outside the United States uh, where they took um, they took corn and uh, they took the GMO corn. They took uh, corn that it had pesticides on it, and they took uh, an organic form and they fed it to rats for a while, for a few months. And the uh, the ones that developed the most tumors were the genetically altered ones. Mm. They actually, the ratio of, of the organic ones and the pest ones where pesticides were used uh, were only slightly worse with the pesticides. Uh, so it appears that, um, you know, at least in that corn study, the, uh, um, the pesticides, though not very good, were, were not near as bad as the genetically altered one. Alters one because when you take a genet genetically altered product, you don't know what it's going to do to you inside your body. Um, mm. And neither do the scientists. I mean, all they think about is how can we splice all. And basically, many of the genetically altered products are, um, for instance, soybeans. Um, the scientists, you know, years ago had discovered that some of the weeds and other plants that were grown that grew naturally next to the soybean crops. Um, the bugs stayed away from those things. So what they did is they spliced in to genetically alter the soybeans. Some once they discovered what was in those other plants that repelled the insects, they put it into the to the soybean hmm. and a plant, and and then that repelled the bugs. But it also, on a genetic level, altered the soybeans. And uh, finding now not so good for humans. Hmm. Um, so. Uh, did you have a story you were going to tell us about your friend that did the crop testing? Oh, sure. I, I mean, I've got plenty of those. Uh, oh, actually, that was about a dog. He had a dog uh, that would come hang, hung around the airport there, and they people would feed him. It was kind of a stray, I guess. And and crop uh, chemicals are, are actually, many of these things are taste sweet, oh. um, oddly enough. Uh and some of them are nasty, of course, but this one wasn't. And uh, um, apparently some had spilled out on the ground next to the plane. And uh, the dog came over and licked up, licked up a bit of it. And uh, uh -oh. uh, he, he, he said the dog within a very short period of time couldn't walk anymore and rolled over and Oh, died. wow, you're kidding. They, uh, um, so in concentration, these things are really bad. Um, but, of course, they're, you know, they calculate the ratios and spread them out over 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 a, a wide distance i mean um anyway they, that, that's becoming less and less people people are demanding healthier better products in the united states uh, yeah. the, the companies who produce all these things are are resistant to it yeah. um and they're getting away with still forcing uh, I, I know there was a big problem in India. Even many of the people in India were standing up and they were really frustrated with uh, uh, the uh, genetically altered products because the uh, companies, and I won't name them, would who, who uh, grow these genetic plants and then get the seeds and then sell the seeds to uh, different nations, and one was India, they carry a patent on that seed because they genetically altered it, so now they can they can carry a patent on it and then force the people. Uh, they were really upset because they'd grow the crop, 
And like, okay, we got the crop. Now we can take the seeds and just take those seeds and replant them. Well, these companies, um, because of their patent, didn't allow the people to do that. So the people had were forced to continually buy new seed um, mm. and couldn't use the, the seeds produced from the plants that grew because they had a patent on it. And if they did, they'd be violating a patent. Oh and so they were up in arms, not only because of the, the damage it could potentially do for the body, but economically it was a, a, a you know, they, basically the, uh, the seed companies uh, created this little monopoly or control over, over their product. Uh, so others could only grow it if they use their seed. Wow. That's crazy. All right. So in summary, um, we, we discussed the chemical, mental, and environmental challenges in our lives and then the solutions for them. So as far as the chemicals go, you're saying, you know, watch what you eat, buy more organic, non-genetically modified foods, mental, if you're feeling down, which a lot of people are right now, depression rates are up, suicides up, talk to somebody, reach out. There's a National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 800-273-8255. Call somebody, talk to somebody, uh, get a therapist if you can, just do something. Don't just stay in your in your thoughts which are, you know, may tend to be negative right now, talk it out. And then environmental challenges, make sure that you have clean air within your home, uh, drink clean water, eat clean foods. I mean, simplify your life. Add minerals to your diet. Add minerals to your diet. And get tested. Hey, if you're really concerned, get tested. There's lots fairly reasonably inexpensive tests to do everything from testing your mineral levels. Uh, you can go seek a nutritionist who, who can test for minerals. You can go get blood tests done. Um, do you mean like the hair tissue? Yeah, you can have your hair tested. You can have, yeah, there's many things. Saliva. Yeah. Oh, saliva too? Yeah, and we have tests like some of that we can test you here in the office, uh, test your uh, zinc and iodine levels, mm -hmm. um, and then send out the other things. Yeah. So there are things out there to help you and just reach out. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Reach out. Yeah. You're not alone. You're not alone. Stop feeling like you're alone because you're yeah. not. There's plenty of people out there that care. Um, you may have to be go go beyond your your, your existing uh, social environment or, or those around you because you may all be in a state of negativity. But, uh, you know, you can do it if you want to. There's plenty of stuff online to go do now. You can do it. Yes. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening today. Looking forward to speaking with you again next week, Dr. Kell. So listen to us wherever you find your podcasts and have a great day. While we make every effort to broadcast correct information, we are still learning. We will double check all facts, but realize that medicine is a constantly changing science and art. One doctor may have a different way of doing things from another. We are simply presenting our views on how to live a healthy lifestyle that will be as evidence-based as possible. We welcome any comments, suggestions, or corrections of errors. We take no money from drug or device companies. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others, including but not limited to patients that you are treating. Consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. This entire disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to the podcast. Under no circumstances shall Dr. Kel Fullerton or any guests or any contributors to the podcast or any employees, associates, or affiliates of Dr. Kel Fullerton be responsible for damages arising from use of this podcast. This blog should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever, including but not limited to establishing standard of care in a legal sense or as a basis of expert witness testimony. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on this podcast. 
Our website, blog, and podcasts are all HIPAA compliant. While you may give your email address to subscribe to the website posts or to post information on the website blog, we will never share your email address or contact information with any third parties without your explicit permission. The contents of Health Talk with Dr. Kell podcast and the show notes are all copyrighted. All blog posts, podcasts, and show notes that are distributed to the public for free can be redistributed via hard copy or electronic copy for free only if Health Talk with Dr. Kell is included as the acknowledged author within the actual media that is being redistributed. The Health Talk with Dr. Kell podcast is a production of the Orange Stack with executive producers Dr. Kell Fullerton and Eric Hammond and host Nikki Sterling.